0: Hi and welcome to the podcast. Today we have a guest. Momentarily, this must be at least our fourth time, I think it's been more like half a dozen times, my friend of four years. Obviously feels like more for all of us But COVID. Uh, my friend Dorothy Mockinser, director of Good Grief of Northwest Ohio, will be along in a couple of moments here. Not a super long monologue. Uh Dorothy will be by because Discovering Good Grief, a new version of it from the last time we did it, which I think was 20 2020? No, 2019. Uh it was at Shorty's Back 40. And this time, it will be at the Reynolds Road Good Grief location. I hope you can make it out. I'll be there before I pop over to the radio show next Friday. First up, some football things. Congrats to, I don't know if I have the right word. He's definitely a friend. I'll call him a professional mentor, a guide, uh, someone who will kick my ass. His name is Bill Berry. Bill, I think he's been on the podcast or at least the show once years ago. I've known him for at least five years now. Our our great Scotsman friend um, met him through NAMI as his daughter goes through the challenges that she is still working through. Uh, She is a handful for him and he has done everything he can and always will for his daughter. I think the diagnosis is borderline. But she is also like an angsty, uh, I think, uh, late teen. So he's got his handful. He also has a handful of things going on at Cardinal Stritch. He is, the, is that a president's position. But congratulations to Bill. Um, unfortunately, after a year away, he has been able to get football back. And even though I've never played... I don't follow Friday night light stop that closely. I know how important high school football is to high schools and their community. So it's good to have that. Back congratulations to the coach who was just hired to lead that program. In my it'll be 10 years here in January. Um it's probably not celebrity so much as, as it is familiarity with uh me. Uh I, it was 2013 that my first year here or 2014. The last time I can remember Bowling Green having a good football team. I think Dave Claussen was their head coach. Then he left to go to Wake Forest, and I don't know if he's still there. Uh, but when he left, things were just really kind of ugly. They brought in the one guy that then went to Syracuse. He had a high powered offense. I liked him, but it didn't work out. I forget his name. Dino, maybe? Dino Babers. Yes. Uh, Scott Leffler, now, thankfully, he got past his scary medical issue um, earlier in the season. Bowling Green has won three straight football games. So I remember them being good eight, nine, ten years ago. I don't remember the last time they won three straight games. They're five and four, and I guess they have a shot to do some damage in the Mac. Um, let them keep winning, because that that will make it a bigger battle of I-75, which is a couple of Tuesdays away, November fifteenth, at the Glass Bowl. Maybe it'll be even even be so weird with this warm weather will linger into that, get more people out excited to the game, as opposed to being so bundled up and freezing on a midweek Maction game. So, some football things to get to. Now, uh, my friend Dorothy Mockenstern is back from Good Grief. If you've heard Dorothy on, on before, good. I have a bunch of new questions I have fired up for her that she is not expecting. Let's get into that now. I'd like to welcome back my friend... Who seems to have forgotten this studio? Even though you must have been here a half dozen times now, uh, but I get it—the catacombs. We, since we, I forget when did when did Gene first connect us? I think it was the end of 2018. That sounds about right. Okay, so like a pandemic and a couple of years beyond mm-hmm. that. And one of the things I wanted to ask you—we're here, or you're here—to talk about uh, discovering Good Grief. Mm-hmm. Um, since I have known you in Good Grief, there have been and, and a lot of it was COVID-driven, but other we'll talk about. Um, Raising Hope, Uh, a lot of the events have changed in the last, now, four years. Mm -hmm. But let's start with what's happening uh, Friday the... 11th. 11th, thank you. Friday the 11th at the newer location for Mm -hmm. Good Grief.
1: Yep, so we are doing Discovering Good Grief at Good Grief. So basically it's an an open house. Um, The hours are from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., We have lunch provided by the wonderful people from Amlin Auctions, and it's also being um, partially sponsored by the Andersons, so we're grateful for that. But we're inviting people to stop by and um, have a tour and also inviting our guests to explore and experience the space As a a grieving child might. So as people are coming in, we're giving them a a persona that if they're comfortable with doing that, they can sort of have that mindset as they experience the space. And each one of the um, different age group rooms are set up with um, activities that would be typical of what we would do with kids that age. Um and so kind of experience it as as a child might, a, a child who had somebody important to them die. So just a chance to come and I mean if you've I've heard you say it more than once, Eric, that people say to you, I've never heard of good yeah. grief. Yeah. Um so this is a chance to to not only hear about it, but to come and learn more about it. Um, if nothing else, you know, at the very least walk away from it, feeling comfortable. If you come across a family that, um, needs grief support, they have children and they need grief support that you feel good about saying, have you thought about calling good grief? Um, or if you know somebody that, um, you know, you or somebody, you know, wants to be a volunteer, uh, we run on volunteer power. So there's lots of ways to get, to learn more and to get involved if you are so inclined.
0: I put the cart like fifteen yards in front of the horse by jumping right to discovering good grief, thinking everybody knows exactly what good grief is. Right. Can I uh, and I don't can I have the one sentence, the elevator pitch for what good grief is? You can.
1: Good Grief of Northwest Ohio provides peer support groups for children and teens who've experienced the death of somebody important to them.
0: Okay. We're going to come back to that. We're going to go back to the the cart being so far ahead of the horse. (laughs) One of the things I've never asked you when we've uh, sat together like this is um, the activities that the kids do Mm -hmm. for the peer support. I know uh, there's a lot of art involved, Mm -hmm. but is there anything that we can walk through Right here? Yeah, yeah. So, great
1: question. Um, So, we say that it's either an art based activity or an experiential task or sort of an expressive art. And really, it's meant to be a tool to begin conversation about some aspect of grief. It's not like it's an assignment that has to be done or um, it it really is a catalyst. So, an example of that could be um, one of the things we do with our um, middles and tweens. Actually, we've done with with middles, tweens, and teens. Um, we get old phone books and the kids take some kind of marker and the prompt is, like, write down something that frustrates or confuses or angers you and you write it on the piece, you know, on one sheet of the, of the phone book. And then you rip that out and you ball it up and you throw it on the ground and, and you get a group of kids doing that and you can just kind of Watch that pile of crumpled up papers grow, and and so what we're doing is sort of sharing that experience that 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 parts of of grief are ugly and messy and confusing and frustrating, and we're doing this together. And then you know, sort of the next step is that we all work together to kind of clean up that mess. Message being, um, you know, it's yes, parts of this are going to be ugly and messy, and um, you know, it's okay to let that out. Um, It's also good to have some tools ready to kind of bring yourself back to a calmer place.
0: Probably the best use of phone books in the last 20 years too, (laughs) Probably the
1: only use of phone books. Yeah,
0: where are you getting them from?
1: It's a miracle. (laughs) They just kind of show up on our doorstep. I love
0: it. Are most of the activities uh, artistic or something where I'm I'm physically involved or or is there a discussion point that just comes out and we go from there?
1: Um, it's usually a combination of both things. Okay. So, for example, what we did with our younger kids last night, um, we had some instruments, some drums, percussive instruments, and one thing—it's just fun to, you know, bang around mm-hmm. on a drum or a shake a tambourine. But then we also talked about, um, you know, if your if your grief was a rhythm, what would it sound like? Mm. Um, when you're happy, what does that sound like? And just sort of things like that where we're just kind of weaving our way around so it's so so that wall between the grieving kid and the rest of the world I don't know that it necessarily tumbles down, but at least there's a pathway through.
0: Is that a is that a newer activity? Um the, the musical? Yeah, yeah, the musical y- stuff. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, yes. Yeah.
0: I asked because um, I think of more of the the artistic things mm-hmm. and I heard I know about, I know about the phone book but I I did want to ask um in your years with good grief how have the activities evolved where might have you gone conferences zooms mm-hmm. I guess over the last couple of years to learn new ones
1: Yeah so yeah there's actually we're really lucky that way we are an independent small nonprofit but we are part of a a membership organization called the National Alliance for Children's Grief. And that is, as it says, it's it's nationwide. So it puts us in community with other organizations who also do this same work. And it is a community of people that are so caring and giving. Um, and it's, there's, you know, it's, there's not like we're all trying to hide any kind of secrets because there's so many kids yeah. that need support. Um, so freely sharing and, you know, it, it, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, you know, I would say the, it's, it's kind of an ongoing in terms of like, how has it changed? It, it, it's coming up with things that will interest kids as well as being able to sort of tap into that, that notion that there are so many different aspects of grief. And that when you come to good grief, um, different from any other place most kids find themselves, it's okay to explore all of that. And it's okay to let it all out. And there isn't going to be anybody going, oh, you don't feel that way. Or mm, it's going to be okay. You know, uh, or the, the the a lot of adults feel like um, a good thing to say to grieving kids is, I know just how you feel mm. um, and kids see through that you know quicker than you can get it out of your mouth and an antidote to that um that I like to say is look I don't know exactly how you feel but I do know what it feels like to carry heavy pain so if you ever want to talk about it
0: I'm here um it's not counseling or therapy but it can be therapeutic and, um and cathartic um Again, I've come up with all these questions I've never asked you before. Yeah, it's maybe we're going to go there. Let's yeah. just go <laughs> there, Eric. Um, how does how how have you seen uh, what you do at Good Grief augment or maybe even replace for one reason or another um, traditional therapy that a kid mm-hmm. might might have tried first, or or again maybe they're going to that and then coming to see you.
1: Well, I think it's part of the continuum, um, and for for many kids, I mean, we've had this conversation before, that in and of itself, grief is not a mental health issue. Left unaddressed, it can manifest itself as m- many different types of, of mental health or emotional distress. Um, I forgot what you...
0: Uh, if a kid is going to therapy... Oh. Thank you. How does good grief help? Or if a kid is not going to therapy, maybe no insurance, they can't, because all this is a free service. It is. How does does therapy, traditional therapy or counseling, weave into what you do and how you help the kids?
1: Well, so a lot of our families do both. Um, One of the drawbacks, especially for for younger kids, um, with that one-on-one counseling or therapy model, is that it's predicated on kids having the vocabulary to be able to explain. Adults struggle with that. True. Especially... Um, this, you know, grief is, is such a, I mean, death is weird and grieving somebody is, is weird. It's this intense pain that you hope goes away and yet, you know, isn't going to go away and you have to learn to rebuild your life around this very sore place, this very huge hole in your heart.
0: Have you ever had, um, whether they be therapists or counselors who've worked with kids who've gone to grief or otherwise say you're doing damn good work there.
1: (laughs) um we we do we uh thank you for saying that i'm assuming that was a compliment yeah absolutely
0: (laughs) uh i'll give you a quick example when i was a little boy like like so many kids i had terrible ear problems Mm. and my mom was like i'm done taking you to to tubes and all this stuff Mm -hmm. she took me to a chiropractor went there for a bunch of times pressure points released all the junk in my ear go back to the ent and he's like what did you do wow Uh, the alternative Attempt made it all work out, and I'm wondering if some of these kids who might be going to therapy come see you, mm-hmm. and then they go back to therapy, and they're like, "You're working miracles there," <laughs> something like that.
1: Um, well, not exactly in those words, but we do get plenty of referrals from from Good. mental health professionals, um, and I think they see that it 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 sort of bridges a gap that that some more traditional sort of mental health therapy therapy models. Um, It's just inherent with working with kids. Um, One of the things about our program is that we always, you know, we always observe I-pass, which means if a kid didn't even want to say their name out loud, they're never forced to do that. So if you do that in a therapy situation, you're not going to get very far. Yeah. But we know that there's benefit in being in the room with other people who are telling their stories and speaking their truths about their experiences and you know sometimes it's the things that are we feel like we don't have the words or don't want to say out loud that are having the deepest impact on 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 where we are in in this world and if I hear you say something very close to that um that tells me I'm not alone and that the things i'm feeling and experiencing are normal given the circumstances we're in yeah. and that is i mean that is tremendously powerful i mean things that aren't even as um you know it, impactful as grief how often do we say to ourselves I thought I was the only one that felt that right.
0: way. I feel so much better knowing somebody else. I, we, I could talk about anything, like I like a ridiculous TV show or something, but more to the point, right. uh, this happens all the time with NAMI and their support groups. Yeah. You look around and go, son of a bee. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then we go, why Why can't this apply to kids? It absolutely can, as you just illustrated. Yeah. Um, uh, quickly, how can you offer any help to adults? Obviously kids are the focus, mm-hmm. but uh, the parents, I mean, it's a symbiotic relationship.
1: It is. So in our Reynolds Road location, our office or our program space rather, we also support the adults that care for those kids. So it's not required that an adult be part of the adult group. They happen at the same time the kids' groups are going on. Um, it is required that an adult remain under our roof while the kids are there. Um, but but we know the research shows and we've experienced ourselves um, is that kids do better in their own grief process when the adults in the equation have somebody to talk to. Kids can be very protective um, in both that they don't want to bring up things that might upset. Um, and so when they, when they know their adults have an outlet for that, then they, the kids can focus on their own stuff. So it's, it's beneficial to both. And it, it gives the adults time to tend to their own grief, and it also puts them in community with other adults who are caring for grieving children. So it's that giving and receiving of support
0: uh let's uh let's take a victory lap here I, mm-hmm. I want you to take the victory lap we talked about how discovering good grief is different this time mm-hmm. raising hope was different from i think anything it was you've ever done before it was june 2nd at the we were at the pinnacle right we were okay i always confuse the p places pinnacle right. premiere <laughs> um it was successful very more than you ex- how much would the breakfasts typically raise um and if you don't want to go into the finances, we can yeah, just leave it, they're better. Or Let me really just good. say
1: that raising hope netted probably thirty thousand dollars more than our best breakfast.
0: It was Nick doing that in that wildly entertaining. Wasn't option. that crazy? I- I knew I knew he was a pro and he knew what he was doing but he blew me away. I know. Like that was awesome. I know. I see him at the gym sometimes and I want to walk up and go. Do it. Give me a couple. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do it. Yeah.
1: He I was on the I was on the phone with him or something and he went into that and I was just like I just the the you know like hand and he did it just for a, a second or two and I'm like I am jazzed up. I you should be like an alarm clock. It- tone every morning with him just like going, <laughs> Hey, buddy, buddy.
0: <laughs> it was from my perspective. And I had a front row seat. It was a phenomenal night. Um, from at least the, what he did and the excitement mm-hmm. and, and all the things that were donated to raise the money. Mm. And we'll give Jade a little love here in a second. Absolutely. Cause she was, she should just be the regular speaker every she year. Should. Um, it was a great night. Um, what was your take on other than it was successful? Um,
1: we, I personally, and as an organization was just blown away by the, um, just everybody like rallying around it. So the people from our organization, the event committee, um, volunteers and stuff like, like tireless, tirelessly getting those items. So we had over, I think about 50 silent auction items and seven or eight live auction items. Um, and that just was happening. You know, they, they just did that. Um, so that was amazing. And then the people attending, um, and I gotta tell you, so we go through the, the auction thing, which I, I, you know, I squealed like a little girl because it was just so much fun. Um, and then when we got to the raise the paddle part and, um, you know, they said the, the, initial dollar amount and like nobody raised it. I'm like, "Oh, no. What have we done?" And then the next one was a slightly lower and the room lit up and I I I tears in my eyes, I guess.
0: Amlin Auctions, right? Nick
1: Amlin, Jack Amlin, Amlin Family, Amlin Auction, they are the best.
0: Uh, who were some of Take me back to to that evening. Let's throw some love to some of the people that donated the prizes because I I I did not get a number because I have no self-control and someone at my table, I think it might've been Alex had a number and I was like, don't let me take that. Make sure my hands stay down.
1: (laughs) Um, wow. So we had, um, so the Craig and Amy, Amy Finley gave for one of the live auction items was a week stay at their place in Florida, which is just an amazing, beautiful, gorgeous thing. Um, Another Julie Beidelshees, Julie and Ted Beidelshees, they donated um, a couple weeks at their um, timeshares. So literally anywhere in in America yeah. you could go. Um, we had Santa and Mrs. Claus. That's the one I
0: wanted. I wanted to win them for, the, for a station event or something. Um, okay. I was going to say, you're Jewish. I know. <laughs> um, no, that was really to, to give away Mr. And, and Mrs. Claus. There were some just f- phenomenal prizes. It was fun. It and was so fun. Yeah, it was a great night. Um, let's throw Jade some love. Jade is an oh alumni of Good Grief. She is. And she brought. I would say she brought the room. She did bring the room to their feet, but also with some tears as well because mm-hmm. she shared her story. It was perfect. She uh, She's not been on the podcast. She's a friend of the Orbit of, of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, works over at the Wellness Recovery Center with my friend Alex um tell me uh, a little bit about how jade has uh, matriculated through the program
1: well she and her family i hope she doesn't mind that well, I, I guess she told 300 people on uh-huh. june so it's okay so her family attended good grief after the suicide death of her oldest sister um and uh, jade was a teen at the time and she had a couple younger siblings um and, you know, then they were ready and they stepped away. And I would see Jade every once in a while at the Out of Darkness
0: mm-hmm.
1: Suicide Prevention Walk in October. Um, and so it was a year ago in October and I saw Jade and something was just like, hey, would you ever would you ever consider speaking at one of our events or being a part of a video? And the look on her face was, oh, no.
0: Ho- complete horror. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, and I said, "Well, I'm going to give you my card, and you just you just think about it." And and I walked away from that thinking, "This isn't something she's comfortable with. This is not going to happen." And a couple of weeks later, she emailed and she was like, "Yeah, absolutely, I would love to." And so, so some time passed, and um, we kind of chatted about you know how what how it should go, and gave her very little sort of direction as to what what we should what she might want to say. And she came in one day and she read it to me and I was like in tears and I said, I would not change a word, which she did change a little bit. And it was even better. It was. She told it in her story um, in a way that I think touched hearts. And. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just so grateful that somebody like Jade is willing to sort of stand up and say, yeah, you know what? Good grief made a big difference for
0: me and my family. I, I'm critical when I, when it comes to watching people speak and present, um, had, had I, had my mind been erased and I would have watched Jade speak and do that presentation. And I said, she's really good at this. She must have been doing this like ever since this tragedy happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that's the first time she spoke in front of that many people. I think like, so. Like it, it was literally flawless in, mm-hmm. in, in my eyes. It was mm-hmm. gr- it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, she's a friend and I'm so proud of her to watch mm-hmm. her walk down this mental health path mm-hmm. and everything that she's done. And now she's able to, to turn that pain into helping others because right. she healed to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, she's wonderful. Wonderful. She really is. Uh, I have two last questions and we'll wrap it all up. Okay. How about help for schools?
1: So, yeah, so we just um, hired a a part-time person. Uh, Becky Shabilsky is our program coordinator. Um, And we returned to a couple of schools that we were in last year, post-pandemic. And then we also, because we'd hired somebody to focus only on on schools, we sent a little email blast out to um, Toledo Public School counselors. And so now Becky is in conversation with about 16 schools Great. Trying, to, trying to work out. Um, as I said, she's part time. So, you know, a little bit of star alignment has to happen. But, um, you know, that we've, we heard from that many that are, um, yeah, you know, we have one school was like, we've identified 30 kids that, that really need this grief support, um, which would be at least three groups in one school.
0: I would guess... And this isn't any kind of stereotype. I would guess a lot of kids within the TPS system, mm-hmm. they probably lost a lot of loved ones during during COVID due mm-hmm. to health mm-hmm. and perhaps poverty situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that they have all reached out. I mean that, again, that's the, you know you've heard me say this a billion times. This is a silver lining of, of COVID. People have reached out and asked for help when in the past they might not have gotten past that stigma.
1: I think that's true. I think that's true.
0: Um, you need some it would be helpful to have some donations for these activities. like absolutely. You'll, you'll take phone books, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you have phone books, drop them off for sure. Or if you have cash, that's good too. Um. So I should say that, that, and you mentioned this, that our program is completely uh, free to participants. Nobody ever has to pay to participate in our programs. And we are completely reliant on charitable donations. We don't generate income. We don't have any government funding of any sort, no insurance reimbursement. So every dollar that we spend in any way has to be raised somewhere. So if people are uh, would like to learn more about good grief and what we do um i would invite them to go to our website which is goodgriefnwo.org. grief um, take a spin around see if any of that resonates or sounds good um and get involved if you if you can and that could be as a volunteer um as a participant or as a donor need pizza Always. So yeah, every program night um, begins with uh, just a quick meal of pizza for our families. Nice little buffer between the world outside and
0: the if, work we do in there. If child psychologists and counselors would have discovered giving kids pizza right. to start, maybe that that would calm everybody down. Yeah. Uh and then one last thing, let's get to Friday the 11th, Good Grief.
1: Yep, yep. So discovering, discovering Good, good grief. grief. Yeah, anybody you stop by anytime we're at 440 South Reynolds Road, uh which is at the corner of South and Reynolds, Reynolds between Hill and Angola. And there'll be some refreshments, some some sandwiches and cookies and things like that, which uh, there's no cost for that either. And everybody is welcome. And we just want to meet you and show you what we do.